0: Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Right on, dude. Well, yeah, thank you again uh, for joining us. We have not only a top fuel, but also a funny car world champion on the podcast, Del Worsham. Um, I guess we, we got to get right into it. How's life with COVID in, in your world, in your camp? You know, it was kind of tough on us here because... Uh,
1: we started a new team this year, you know, and, and, and I, I left the Clutter Racing team and, and, and signed back up with, with Alexis, and we built this new team, and we got everything together, and we just we got just two races in, and then the whole COVID thing hit, and uh, we, we, we had a semifinal round at, at Pomona and went to Phoenix, and we lost first round there, but stayed and testing around really well on Monday, so I was thinking, all right, here we come to Gainesville, the third race of the season, the car's running great, this is going to be awesome, and uh, on my way to Gainesville with with my daughter and my wife, uh, we, we were touring colleges because uh, I've got twin daughters, and we we're in the South looking at colleges, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, turn around! The race isn't going to happen. It's going to be trouble." So it was pretty. It was pretty tough having a brand new team, get everything built, and
0: yeah. just that sucks. And yeah. and so, what's life like now for you? Like, what's the uh, the vibe around your world? Like, are you guys getting ready for a 2021 world or or what? We are.
1: We are. Uh, we we got lucky, and with NHRA and some of our sponsors, and Mel yellowman and then our sponsor, with Lexus by August, we were actually running events, uh, started off kind of fanless, not many fans. And by September and October, we were racing in places like Texas and Florida with fans. And, uh, we were able to get in 10 or I think it was a, total, a total of 11 races. And, um, it was nice because, because I mean, we had this whole brand new team sitting here when you get a chance to race. So we we're able to get in, get, get some races, get some races under our belt. We, uh, we had some ups and downs. We had some races that were great. We had other races that were just, we had some terrible, you know, we had some crashes and fires and, we kind of grew through it, but but we, we ended the season on a, on a great note in Texas. Uh, we got semifinals, uh, ran some some great runs. So yeah, no, it's it's coming around. It's going to be a long off season. Our uh, our off season we don't we don't start again until um, March again. So basically, you know, here we're sitting for another five months.
0: Wow, yeah, because I I think it was maybe right at the start when you're starting to do those runs again that we talked about you coming on. And you're like, right. you know, just get, give me a, a minute just to kind of plow through this stuff and then, and then we'll do this. Uh, what's your first memory, not necessarily of you racing, but like, what's your first memory of drag racing?
1: Oh, brother. Um, okay. So I grew up in Southern California and um, my dad, my, my, my mother and dad split at a young age. I was probably about four or five years old. And my dad had a condominium over in the Goona Hills, with what, which wasn't far from OCIR, from Orange County National Raceway. And I remember uh, going out there with him and, and I could hear the funny cars running, you know, on Saturdays when I was staying with my dad and we could yeah. hear, him he's like, we're going, man, we're going to go out and watch him and, and going out on Saturday nights to OCIR with my dad and my sister and, and watching the funny cars race.
0: And what was it that got you into it? I mean, it's a family thing, right? But what yep. specifically the, that, that, that kind of um, that my dad, my dad yeah. was a huge, you
1: know, after him and my mom divorced, my dad was kind of a single guy and he went out and bought himself a Corvette, you know, and he was, a, he was a cement contractor, bought himself a '62 Corvette and I can remember at a young age um, being at at Orange County Raceway. And I, I've, I've always told a little story, which is a little bit of a fib, that I'd never been on the drag strip until I raced in a funny car. Not totally true. Right. I, I remember being, being about six or seven years old. I and mean, he had a four speed. And I would run the gear shifter. And I just watched his foot going. I just pulled the gears. And one time we got to the semifinals on like a bracket night out there. And uh, <laughs> semifinals, Larry Sutton, the starter, he told my dad, he's got to get out of the car, man. The guy, I had a football helmet on, you know, like a Rams helmet. So uh, it, it was exciting.
0: Dude, that's such a cool story. Yeah, and then your first year, you won rookie. You, you won the rookie of the year, did you not?
1: I did. I did. I just got, I got really lucky. Um, dude, uh, food. just just getting to just getting to drive it all. You know, I I always wanted to be a a drag racer, but I never knew what capacity it was. To be a driver or a worker or a tuner or just you know a mechanic. Something
0: in that world.
1: And and then it kind of kind of so, some things some some events took place that all of a sudden there I was twenty years old driving the car, and um my first season in 1991, we were doing pretty good here and there, but I was the only full-time, I was the only full-time guy on the team. So basically on, on Thursday nights, I would go to the airport, pick up my dad and a couple guys. We'd run the race Sunday nights. I'd take them home and then I'd get the car to the next race. And uh, we got about five races in or about five races in and we got to Atlanta, Georgia, and we didn't have a, the best running car. we didn't have a bad running car and things just started lining up. And you, you could tell like we were, we were doing pretty well. The next thing I know here, I'm in the final round against against Mark Oswald, uh, in, in Atlanta. And, and true, true, true story. We, we were going home after that event. Basically there just wasn't enough money. We we're going to go home, work, save up our money to pick back up in the summertime. Wow. And ACL coast, Southern nationals in Atlanta and, and won the damn race. So now I have 20,000 bucks in my hand and, uh, that was enough money to, to, to keep us going and keep us racing. And, I was so shy and so naive to what was going on. I, I didn't even know that there was like a press room, a press conference room when he won the race. So I remember standing there and I was all done and I just turned 21 years old. And I'm looking for a beer and there, it's a dry county and there's no beer and I'm tired. And And Kenny Bernstein grabbed me and says, hey, we have to go to the press room. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to no press room. Like, oh no, you're, you're going. So <laughs> I have to go to the press room with Kenny Bernstein, um, uh, Bob Glidden, and I believe – Dude, I it was top field, but It was somebody like Joe Mike. It was somebody very big. You know, it was to be the biggest guy. So I was up there with them, and it, it was a great time.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, like that. Yeah, for me, like that was what ninety or ninety one that you won that race. Nineteen ninety
1: one.
0: Yeah. And that's the year I graduated from high school. And like my older brother was a huge fan of like you know NHRA and just kind of NASCAR and just fucking balls nice. out speed racing, right? Sure. Uh, so I do. I remember you racing since like I was in high school, really. Uh, I was just barely out of high school. Which I was just gonna say, which puts us at about the same age. Um what was your first pro race? How fast were you going and what was your speed? And what was so, your time, the time Rather, First
1: time I the first time I qualified or actually raced? Raced. Okay, yep. So I raced Ed Days McCullough first round, 1990 in Pomona at the finals, and I ran a 556. And like right around, I think two hundred two hundred sixty-two miles an hour, or something like that. And I lost my first race, but it was a decent race, and, and I didn't lose. And I didn't smoke the tires. I didn't run into them. Yeah, uh, I remember I came into funny car racing with zero experience. I mean, I showed for the finals, basically it was just a license. i never even competed on any level on the drag strip. I was a BMX racer, you know, and I raced my bicycle around till I was sixteen. I had a car and oh, okay, I chased girls, so I really didn't have a whole lot of like like racing experience, but. I can drive the car a little bit, and I didn't think I would hit anybody, and, and I was able to get a license.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I have. It's pretty big. And I mentioned off the top that uh, not only is it uh, a top top fuel, but it's also a funny car uh, champion. Not many right. people. How many people can say that? Not many people can say that. No,
1: no, only a couple of us ever ever got a chance to do that. And uh, let me think. Ah, uh, uh, Kenny Bernstein. Bernstein. They're, 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 yeah, Bernstein and Celsius are the only other two, you know, and, and it's definitely an honor. Not a whole lot of people have the opportunity to do that, you know, is one thing. But then once you do have the opportunity to get to drive cars that were prepared well enough or give you that chance, I got, I got really lucky in the top fuel car and even in the funny car. To get to drive for, for Alan Johnson and Sheikh Khaled and Alan Nobby in the state of Qatar, that was, a, that was just talking about falling into something at the right time. It was 2008. I had just got done with my Checker, my checker Craig, uh Sponsorship. They'd been bought by a Auto Parts and they weren't going to renew this, the, the contract, and the whole entire country was going into a, uh, into a depression. Or, you know, basically, there, weren't, there wasn't much going on in 2008, at the end of 2008. Yeah. And along comes this thing, and I interviewed for the job and got it. And next thing I know, I'm driving a top field top driver field for a championship.
0: That's crazy. Well, it was, it was, it was I love crazy. it, man. That's a great story. Walk us through some of your uh, uh, game day rituals. What are you doing every, every race?
1: Sure. Well, the first thing you do, you know, no, nobody wants to be real superstitious. You know, you don't want to say you wear the same underwear every day. Right. You don't. But one thing you do do is you definitely do not change routines because you don't want to forget anything. So, uh, I always put, you know, the boots on the same order. I put the gloves on the same order. I get in the same side of the car. You always try to do things because routines are always better than just, just off the cuff. So right. those, are, those are a couple of things I always did. Um, you know you want to tell yourself that it's just another run or it's just but it's not we all know that you do the brunt you're backing up when you know when you're racing against john force you know for 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 a title or if you're just qualifying against against somebody it is different you know and, and and i'm going to tell you that right now and i'm the kind of driver and i always was where really really emotions did play a big part in how i drove you know i always i always thought i i, I always i don't say i tried harder but i've tried harder maybe at reaction times in racing and i tried a little bit harder at just driving the car better and qualifying. And, and, I, and there's some drivers that can do both great. Sean Langdon drove for us, you know, when I, when I raced with him. And he was such a focused driver. He could, he could cut the reaction and drive the car. Well, I'm kind of like, I could do one or the other, you know, but I couldn't do <laughs> every day at all times. I kind of had to pick those moments and, and rise up during those times. So, uh, so, you know, rising to the occasion when it was time to do a good job, I always tried to make sure that, that I understood, you know, what was on the line every single round.
0: What is the fastest time you've run? uh in top fuel i ran a 3.73 at
1: 328 and then in the funny car i ran a 3.83 at 333 332 right
0: around there can you explain that um what that's like the pressure to your body and stuff like is there any way to actually
1: there is yeah yeah you know because i've driven both cars back when I first started driving in the early nineties, I actually drove both cars in competition during the same time at the same events. I raced the U S nationals one time in both cars and, and won rounds in both cars, one first round, six minutes apart. And, uh, the wow. funny car, let's start with the funny car. I drove it first. You sit real way far back in a funny car and you can't see anything moving on the side of you. Whereas like there's, there, there's no, there's no like, uh, sensation of speed because there's nothing really going by your peripheral vision you can't see things going by where let's say like in an airplane when you're taking off on the runway and go along you see the buildings in the road Then all of a sudden, the airplane rotates and it just goes to blue skies and you don't know you don't know you're going fast anymore mm. so the fuel car you can see things going by you and, and the sensation of speed is very great uh, you sit low and you can see the front wheels turning you can see the guardrails going by and it just feels like it feels like what you would imagine with 330 miles per hour <laughs> and sensation of speed is not there Anything. You know, you're driving into this little spot out there and you're trying to look over to the engine and it's making noise and it's smoking and there's fire out of the windows and you're just trying to win and, and, and you're going down the track and, and not unless something goes wrong or something throws off your sense of what's going on, you understand how fast you're going in a funny car because nothing's just really there as opposed to the top fuel car just feels very fast. And right. it definitely when you go to stop, both cars are about the same when you go to stop. My favorite part of the run has always been like pulling the parachutes. You pull the parachutes and you left the throttle and everything just gets quiet and you basically just float at over 300 miles per hour with shoots out and it's a it's definitely an accomplishing feeling
0: yeah man I, I couldn't even imagine what that would feel like is there anything that that's even come remotely close in your life to the the feeling that you get and the adrenaline that you get from from drag racing no
1: you you know you you get a little bit of it out of a roller coaster when it first takes off um a really good roller coaster has like a big electric engine yep. so flip and it gives like a pretty good inertia like initial like kind of kind of slap but but it's in control and you're not driving it and you know you're going to be okay as opposed to driving a funny car or a top fuel car where you're the one driving it you're the one that's in control of it And if you don't do everything right you're going to have a problem you know you're going to run into a problem so really i don't really know of anything you know an, an airplane or a jet takes off so slow and they land so smooth there's really nothing like the sensation of you know positive five g-forces to a negative five like like this driving racing
0: yeah, what's your, what's your daily driver, and, and what, how's that lead foot? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't go
1: fast. I have a Toyota Tundra. I drive around in the streets. I have a 67 uh, Chevy a Nova Supersport. Oh, nice. I, I actually got it out yesterday and drove around a little bit. Uh, the weather oh, was man. nice. You and, just got uh, that yesterday? No, 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 no. I drove it oh. around. Oh. I, I actually won it in 1999
0: in a bet. Oh, no and, I, In a bet? What kind of bet was that? How did that go down?
1: It was a one-sided bet. I, I really couldn't lose. There's a friend of mine's car, one of our sponsors. And when we go out to his shop, he had a whole bunch of old, old, old cars like that. And I'd, I'd clean them all up and you know, help change the oil and kind of get them going. And one day, when I had him won a race. After I won my first two races in my rookie season, I didn't win another race until like 1999. There was like an eight-year span there. I didn't win a race. Mm. We're, we're at a shop there in, in Auburn, Indiana. He's like, I'll tell you what. If you can win a race before I sell this car and I'm going to sell this car, you can have the car. And I won the next race. Nice. So, pink slip, and I still have the car today. It's a great car.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, I'd love to get outside of racing, and of course, what you're known for. What are you? What are you binging right now? What are you binge watching?
1: Oh my goodness, Shit's Creek. <laughs> I've been watching that a
0: lot of Shit's Creek. Uh, so good, right? It is. It's funny. Have you ever, have you ever watched that? It's yeah, funny. man. I'm I'm up to date with with Shit's Creek.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny. We're
0: like in season four right
1: now. Um. Yeah. What else? What else have we been watching lately? Uh. Man, I watch I watch South Park any chance I get. My dogs aren't barking. I've seen them all though. I just watch them again and again. Yeah, about it. You know, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of the news and a lot of stuff going on around here as far as elections go. So that's
0: about it. I know, right? The election's just been manipulating everybody's it's time, awesome. and it's uh, it's something else, man. It's not even close to being over. It's just like no. you know, we're that's watching it. you guys just going.
1: Phew. Yeah, it's it's going to you
0: know pretty bad are you a big fan of all those uh superhero movies that are being released
1: no no i never really watched too much superheroes i always kind of grew up around motor racing and no unfortunately don't i don't know too much about them
0: yeah not fair enough. i was gonna ask you, you know, what what superpower you'd want to have if you could have one but
1: dude i'd be i'd want to be like iron man though if i could i know right
0: it was awesome <laughs> it was yeah. pretty awesome do you believe in aliens do you, do you believe that they visit us or maybe even uh live amongst us <laughs>
1: No, I don't, you know, I, I, I would think that there would be, I'm not gonna say it's not possible. Anything's possible, but you would think something, somebody would, would have seen or knew something about him by now. You know, one of us would have some kind of proof, but again, who am I to say? So I really, I really, I really can't say that.
0: I don't yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, normally Dell, I, I ask, uh, and this seems ridiculous to ask you this question, but have you ever had a near death experience? Not where you're like, floating over your body or whatever, but more like, Holy crap, man, I could have died there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Racing. Actually, I've, I've had two of them. Yeah. i uh, in 1994, a uh, car burst into flames, caught on fire, was going fast, pulled parachutes, no parachutes, uh, just ripping down there in 1994. And I I can remember just getting so hot and burned and covering up my face with, with, with my hand. And I, and I ended up spending 21 nights in the burn center for skin grafts and, uh, at that time, I wasn't really sure, you, you know, I kind of got through that, but I remember that night I had a horrid nightmare and I remember the car blown up in the nightmare and just like losing my breath and not knowing if I was you know, alive or dead. Just the first night in the hospital. After that, it never happened again. But that first night, it was, it was scary. I remember waking up in, in New Jersey, just not knowing what
0: happened. I'm sure if
1: I'm alive or dead.
0: That's crazy. So the, the parachutes don't pull then like, what are you just riding 300 miles an hour burning up? The fire burned them off. The car was
1: going down pretty fast. It just kept going and going. And this was before your safety equipment was pretty, uh, was pretty uh, it you know, wasn't in advanced stages right now. So we didn't have like these fresh air breathing systems and the Nomex suits weren't as good. Nothing was as good. And I was just basically just getting burned and cooked alive in there. And the car was fast and I could feel that. And I knew it was moving and I couldn't see. And I had to hold my breath and finally jumped out. And I remember not being able to, not being able to get my, my, uh, my, my helmet off. And it's because my hands were just burned up, you know, and my hands were just it blowing the gloves open and, and, and just passing out and waking up in a helicopter and it was a big mess.
0: Crazy. That, that,
1: that was one. And then another time, another time in the funny car, again, parachutes could, couldn't get them deployed because they blew too high up in the air and I couldn't reach the levers. I'm flipping end over end and over all the safety nets. And, uh, and when the car finally came to a stop, I thought, I thought it was blind. I'm sitting there, you know, and like, like everything's just black, you know, and I don't really know where I am. And, and I kind of reached down, like I feel my legs, and then I, and then I flipped up my visor and it was just full of sand, and I could see. And I looked down at legs, and I just did myself and just took off running, man, and took him a while to find me. And I was I was hiding in a van. I, I must have had a concussion at that point. Holy shit! So those are the two times, but I'm really in 30 years of racing. That's not bad.
0: That, that's not bad, man. Yeah. And that's and so bad. what what is going through your mind as you're waiting for the for the Christmas tree to to, to turn? Like, are you just kind of in that moment? Focused.
1: Absolutely. You know. Just being focused and knowing, you know, hey, there's because it's a it's a random tree, you know, you can't guess the tree at all, or you don't know what's going to come. Once everybody's staged, once both cars are staged, it's got like a second and a half of randomness. And if it go, if it's a quick light and goes off in the first half second, it feels like it just came on instantly. And if it takes a second and a half to go off, which is the longest light you, you can have, you think the tree's broke. So you know that your level of concentration and focus is so great that 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 one second is is the difference in thinking something's wrong and. Uh, yeah, you're just watching that. You just want—I mean, you know—you know—you want to be reactive. You, you want to be active, not reactive. And when the, when when that amber comes down, you just kind of smash the throttle, and hopefully, hopefully, you get away ahead of the other guy. Or wow.
0: Can you pick a career highlight? Can you nail it down to one thing, or is that just impossible? I,
1: I think winning that race in 1991 at, at 21 years old uh, would probably have to be the career highlight. Um, still to this day, you know, the, the youngest guy to ever win a funny car a, a, a funny car title, and there there there's some. Yeah. New- now they're gonna challenge me for that 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 was pretty big uh second thing you know i, I won the u.s nationals and the and the skull showdown you know in the, in the same weekend which which was the highest most money you can make in one day racing you know and i did that uh that, that ranks up there and then the two championships the one in top field and one in funny car so that's that's kind of my order
0: yeah and you're partying after these, these. oh yeah yeah <laughs> we have some epic parties afterwards. it must be just crazy nights man <laughs> we are you know a
1: quick story i'd say probably i got married in 1999 and i'd been saving up parts most of my life and i was going to build like a top fuel engine in my backyard and put it next to my barbecue just out of old parts i had and um i thought that'd be cool you know you're having a barbecue and just fire up you know fire up my blender and be awesome or or fire up this engine and be awesome and i saw somebody one of those weed whacker margarita machines one day oh yeah like huh so i remember i was in bristol I was in Bristol in 2000, and I woke up my wife in the middle of the night. She's like, what? And I'm like, hey, I'm going to take that engine I'm building, and I'm going to mix margaritas with it. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I saw that guy with that little that little weed-whacking thing. No, nah, I, I can do better than this. And she's like, go to bed. So nice. I was going home. That was race day night, too, going home. And she came home from work that Monday, and I'd, take, I'd taken her blender completely apart
0: and it's <laughs> across
1: my house. And she's like, what are you doing? And I, I had the micrometer and the tape measure out, and I made it everything exactly five times bigger.
0: <laughs> nice
1: down hopper and built this with my dad helped me and we built this big old like margarita machine and we still have it to this day and it's, it's like it burns on 100 nitro methane top fuel engine mixes 15 gallons of margaritas at a time and uh NHRA banned it in maybe 2007 from the races the parties were just too big and too epic oh, yeah. I was in trouble and I remember telling JR Todd in 2018 if you win the championship I'm bringing it back out I don't think anybody in NHRA remembers that I even have this thing and uh when he won the championship Driving the DHL car like I did, we uh, we drug it out to Pomona, and I That's, talked to the new president of NHRa, an and he's like, "Just don't cause any trouble." So we didn't, it
0: was a fun night. Yeah, that sounds fun. You know, I've actually reached out to to Jr. and 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 hey, man, come on my podcast. So oh yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give guy. him I'll give him another poke. He seems like a really good guy too. He's a great guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll respect your time, man. I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, you're at uh, Del Warsham on Twitter. Um, yes. Are you active on Instagram as well?
1: A little bit, a little bit. You know, my daughters do do more of it than I do. Yeah. Um, you know, they yeah. post here and there, but but more more Twitter, you know, if I, if something's exciting or something really gets my interest, you know, I'll get on there a little bit. I definitely lurk a lot though.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. I definitely see it from time to time. So, and thank you for following and, and sharing some stuff as you as you have sure. in the past. So, um, is there a website you want people to come and check out? Uh, LexisDeJoria.com.
1: You know, Alexis and I basically together, she posts everything, stays up on everything. So yeah. we're... Uh, looking forward to 2021 season you know we had some trouble like i said 2020 uh, we finished up strong some semifinals and a couple low et's a couple of races so uh i think 2021 is going to be our year
0: yeah she's uh she's been a guest as well super nice as well
1: yeah great yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Great. Her, her and her dad and her family and yeah. people. oh and jonathan they're uh, they're they're great people
0: right on dude thank you for again for taking some time and uh and joining us here in vancouver canada
1: sure man you got it man anytime hopefully i'll come on after 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 we uh, win a race again one day
0: The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.